Guardian Unlimited. Welcome to Sounds of the City, a series of six audio guides to Mediterranean cities produced in association with the new Renault Megane 2006. For more information on the car, please visit www.renault.co.uk. This is Sounds of the City from Guardian Unlimited, and I'm Anna Pickard. Make no mistake about it, Marseille is a big, big city. It stretches along 57 kilometres of coast, and it's made up of about 111 small villages. It's the second city of France, and it feels like it too. It's close in geography, but really different in feeling to the other more picturesque, moneyed towns of the Côte d'Azur. This is a, a busy, vital, industrial city, and it's absolutely fizzing with life. As a first-time visitor and tourist, there are some places you really should see, but take my word on this one, they're further away than they look on a simple map, and more importantly, there are some very, very big hills between them. But we'll come to those in a minute. Let's talk about getting there first. If you've arrived at Marseille-Provence, there's a coach every 20 minutes. It's quick, it's cheap, it's about €8.50, um, which is much cheaper than the €40 Euro taxi. And it'll take you right into the centre of things, to the Gare Saint-Charles, which is the main station um, in the middle of town. It's called the Navette, and you can find it just outside the airport. If you're arriving on the Navette, on the train, or simply driving in, you'll get a feel of the sheer scale of the city straight away. See, at some point, you'll become aware that you're coming into Marseille. Then you'll notice that you're still coming into Marseille. Ten minutes later, and still coming into Marseille, you start to wonder whether Marseille has such a thing as a city centre, or if you're doomed to spend the rest of eternity travelling through a series of increasingly unattractive suburbs. No, no, unattractive is the wrong word. Brutal is more like it. Huge slabs of social housing, powdered with dust and hard bleached by the sun. But each is marked with signs of life. A lot of colourful strings of, of, of washing hanging out of every window. And the overall effect is, is of bright flags or heraldic banners and flapping in the breeze. It's, it's really quite beautiful, really. In the summer, the city can become unbearably hot, but I'm here in mid-March, and the temperature's about 14 or 15 degrees. Though, to look at some of the woolen coats and fur hats on the locals, you'd have thought we were in mid-winter Siberia. Well, it's all relative, really, isn't it? One distinguishing feature of the area, climate-wise, is the Mistral, a strong, cold wind that blows off the mountains and tears through the city at incredible speeds. There's no way of knowing when it's coming, so there's no way of knowing how to avoid it. If you're visiting Marseille on a weekend break, there's a pretty fair chance you'll be staying in the area known as the Vieux Port, the Old Port. The vast majority of the mid-price hotels are based here, so for simplicity's sake, we'll take this as our starting point. Founded in the 6th century BC by the Greeks as an essential part of their trading route, Marseille has always been a city where everything is wrapped up in the sea. The Vieuxport is the original centre of business, of life and of cuisine, and there's a busy fish market here every morning. Make sure to wander through before 10 each day and watch as the local chefs, the local families and the local seagulls alike flock to the Vieuxport to pick up the catch of the day. I've never seen or smelt fish fresher. The fishing boats tie up three metres behind the stalls and they unload directly into people's shopping bags. Well, 
almost. The centre of industry, the working dockyards, have moved to the new port round the bend at the top of the viewport. But there are still plenty of boats in the harbour. Pleasure boats, private boats, all yachts and cabin cruisers. There are over a thousand moorings in the viewport alone. Hundreds of thousands more stretch off along the south coast in either direction. And it has to be said that in spring, when no one's out sailing, the whole place resembles nothing so much as the car park of a big, posh, out-of-town supermarket on a Saturday morning. Except all the cars have masks. OK, I'm standing at the bottom of the viewport. In front of me, I can see, well, lots of dead fish. But if they weren't there, I could see lots and lots of boats. Up on my left, the first thing I notice is the Notre Dame de la Garde. There's no missing it. At 162 metres, it's the highest point in the city. And the gold Madonna and child that crown it are glinting, even in the tiniest amount of sunlight that's out today. So, to my right, I can pick out the, the Hotel de Ville, the old town hall. It's a typically Provencal 18th century hall, ornate and, and a real contrast with the surrounding buildings. Behind me, the Cannabier stretches away as far as the eye can see. It's the main artery of the city, really, and it's, it's jam-packed with traffic, has been every time I've seen it. Ah, traffic. A couple of words about traffic. Be careful. There are a lot of roadworks going on at the moment in preparation for the tram lines that are eagerly anticipated by the residents of Marseille. My name is Sylvain Chebriand, and I'm from Marseille, and I live there for 30 years. <laughs> Janice, how long have you lived in? <laughs> My name is Janice, I'm Irish, I'm 27 and I've just been living here too much. But you like it, right? Yeah, I think it's good, I think it's absolutely good. Yeah. There are scooters going everywhere as well, like I was kind of, every time I think it, I'm on a, a pedestrian yeah. road, I, I suddenly hear a scooter coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I head up the Cannabier, I might branch off quite soon, to my right, along the Rue Saint-Ferriol. And if I carried on in that direction, I would be going on a route that would eventually lead me to the Stade Vélodrome, where the legendary Olympian Marseille play. Further up the Cannabier, and remember, in a city this size, further up can be anything from 200 metres to three miles, you'll find the public garden, a great little park with more than its fair share of museums and theatres. Turning back to the viewport, the road stretches off on my left and then curves round under the Notre Dame de la Garde. It heads off in that direction. That's the coastal road, the Corniche President Kennedy, or President Kennedy. It's the perfect place for a jog, and it makes for a fantastic daily routine. It's the heart of weekend life, too, apparently, with man-made beaches and volleyball courts and lots of people playing petanque. Say someone's coming for two days, what would you say that they should do in Marseille? The waterfront is very good. Mm -hmm. What we said, um, what we call the, the Corniche, La Corniche. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's starting from the, the port, yeah. and then you just follow the, so the waterfront, the sea, yeah. and you can go very far, very far away. And uh, then obviously you have to go to Notre Dame de la Garde. Okay. Which is, can obviously have a very good view about everything yep. in Marseille. And uh, the islands, mm -hmm. you could see the islands from the Tom de la Garde. Yep. So you, ca you can go there with a boat. Uh, it's really easy to get a boat from the port to go to the islands. And it's really famous because, um, you know, Comte de Monte Cristo? Yeah. So the story uh, occurs in the Chateau d'If, mm -hmm. so which is a uh, straight. Uh, 
few minutes uh, with the boat. Yeah. Football is really important in Marseille. Yeah. We don't play very well this time. I went to a game there actually, even though I've no real interest in football. Because basically the Olympic Marseille is like... Um, so it, the support for the football team is Marseille is renowned for being really big into its football and yeah. for having really good supporters yeah. so to actually go to the game is quite cool yeah. even though I'm not really into football it's just like the atmosphere and everything's yeah. really good uh, Marseille is a bit odd in the, in the French uh, cultural uh, landscape um, it has a reputation of being um, a warm-blooded uh, city um, everything here is sea oriented from the beginning and uh, there is a lot of Call it mixitude. Um, mm. you know, all the people are uh, misty, so they are um, from uh, North, mm, North Africa, Africa, mix of Europe, yeah. and everywhere. And uh, basically, everything to see in Marseille is along the, the coast. Yeah. It starts by Lestac. Lestac is famous from some artists uh, during the, the, the late 19th century. And um, um, here, the Canbière is like the, the, the downtown, the place where everything is happening. Yeah. Um, before, you have the port, which is which used to be um, an old part, really mm -hmm. dark, uh, like old industrial. Uh, it was a working place, basically. And uh, if you go down the south uh, from the port, you end up here in the in the port. And if you continue. Uh, you will find the rest of the port and then uh, Cassis, which is um, the place where the stones were cut and sent to the rest of uh, the, the area around the Mediterranean Sea. And uh, that's really the, the nice place for the tourists. Yeah, yeah. But the liveliest place in Marseille is not here, it's after on the Canebière. If you continue up there in the direction of Saint-Charles, you will find the Arc de Triomphe. Um, I don't know the, the exact name of the place. In the Arc de Triomphe, there are people who are sleeping all day. Yeah, there, there are thousands of people in the streets. Like, from, there are people who are sleeping from... Uh, yeah, a lot of people from but yeah, but Morocco are there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they're selling their things on the street. They yeah. are chatting all day there. That's what it's, I'm uh, it's, it's not Arab, a market. It's, it's not a cafe. It's something in between. A big mix with a lot of people in the street. If you're in Marseille for only a short time and you want to make as much of the city as possible, it might be worth dropping in at the tourist office, which is at the very bottom of the Canabier. They offer a city pass. It's uh, 18 euros for one day, 25 for two. And with that, you get free access to a whole bunch of museums, about 15 museums, free public transport for the whole time, access to some guided walking tours, tourist transport routes, the boats and the buses, and a boat trip to the Chateau d'If, the setting for the beginning of the Count of Monte Cristo. Public buses seem to be quick, reliable and, and reasonably priced, even more so if you've thought to get one of those unlimited travel passes from the Office du Tourisme. But one word of warning, and I speak from experience, if you're heading back to the Vieuxport, Canabier area, on a weekend, try and find out if there are any demonstrations or protest marches being held in the area. Otherwise, you might find yourself a little confused when your carefully planned and approved bus suddenly veers off on a crazy diversion. I know I did. They're nice buses, though, as long as you don't get caught under somebody's armpit. The Route 83 goes all the way along the coastal road, and the Route Number 60 goes straight from the Vieuxport to the Notre-Dame-de-la-Garde, which is good news for anyone who doesn't happen to be a mountain goat. The metro's good, as far as it goes, but even locals admit the system hasn't grown with the popularity of Marseille as a tourist destination. There are only two lines, and while that might be great for commuting from the wider edges of the city in, 
they're not exactly what you need for scooting around the centre of town. You will probably experience the metro at some point, I'm sure, getting from the station or from the airport bus to your hotel, if nothing else. And I have to say, the interior of the metros I took was simply sublime. It's a good hard plastic, yellow, orange and brown. For fans of retro-style interiors, or in fact anyone who went on a camping holiday in the 1970s, it's an absolute must. If you're looking for the quickest routes to the main tourist attractions, you have a couple of choices. There are a fleet of open-top buses. You'll recognise them. They're labelled Les Grands Tours in bright, sunny letters, and they leave the viewport every hour, pretty much on the hour. They've got interesting and informative commentary in five languages or so, and they're a fast way of getting your bearings. The great thing is you can hop on and off these at any of about 15 stops, which is very useful if you've only got time to see the city in bite-sized chunks. Yes, of course, you feel like an idiot tourist. And yes, of course, people stare at you with poorly disguised contempt. But frankly, if you're short of time and you want to see as much as possible, they're a handy way of getting from one point to the next without having to surrender yourself to a whole lot of hills. There's a tourist train, too, again, covered by that pass. A pubsy little engine on truck wheels, hauling a heavy cargo of inquisitive people around. And if you thought you felt like a Wazak on the bus, you'll be the king of the Wazaks on the train, but still, it's a great way to see the city. If you see nothing else, make sure you walk up to the Notre Dame de la Garde, if for no other reason than, than seeing the Notre Dame de la Garde is a great way of seeing everything else at once, all at once, from a great height. If you're reasonably fit, it's probably a brisk 30 to 40 minute walk up to the cathedral from the viewport. If you're not fit, it's a lot longer, although on the upside, you'll be a lot fitter when you get here than you were when you started. Apparently the traditional way to walk up is with chickpeas in your shoes, but I didn't have any handy. I don't know if you'll have packed any, so, you know, you could give that a miss. The view, though, is absolutely incredible from up here. You can see the, the old port and, and the new port just lined up next to each other. You can see shuttered houses and, and, and tower blocks stretching back as far as the eye can see up to the mountains. You don't really get a, a scale of how big the city is, and you don't often get to see a city like this, because from the Notre Dame de la Garde, you can pretty much see the whole city. And it's really quite an astonishing sight. The cathedral itself is, is pretty twiddly and ornate, but, you know, it's, if you're a fan of 19th century architecture and 19th century cathedrals, it's a good one. It's got nice acoustics. There's a festival of sacred music that takes place every October and that would be a great time to visit because there's no time that the cathedral comes alive more than when there's actually people in it. There are models of boats as well hanging from the arches and it's another reminder of, of what this city's all about. The cathedral is here overlooking the port and overlooking the sea. This weekend, uh, the city's holding a carnival for not really particular reasons, as far as I can gather, apart from the sheer hell of it. They hold it every March. Uh, this year, the flyers, where well, it's, bi it's bright pink, um, and it just says on the front, Carnival Kitsch, Kitsch, Kitsch. I tell you, they're not wrong. The costume's are just out there. There's more cross-dressing pantomime dame types than you can shake a stick at, and there are drums. There are plenty of drums. 
More than a kitsch thing, though, it's a fabulous example of, of, of the multicultural, multi-ethnic life of Marseille. You know, belly dancers are being chased down the street by Chinese dragons, and traditional Provençal characters are vying for space with West African rappers and South American drumming troops. There's a, a Tunisian band, and they've got with them a whole dance uh, group, it looks like, of dancers with sequins and big red floaty skirts and then a bunch of girls have just come up in combat trousers and jogging bottoms and ordered the band to play something and then done some of the most incredible dancing I've ever seen while the girls in sequins kind of stood back and looked a bit in awe of them uh, oh this is great The Noreli Park is in the south of the city. It's a beautiful, well-groomed oasis in the middle of the city with, a, with fountains and rockeries and landscape gardens. And it seems like it might be a sedate, reserved, rather doer place for an afternoon walk. Well, I say it seems it might be because right now it's, it's full of people shouting, whistles... And it's all, it's all stilts and drums and dragons and belly dancers and silly string. My God, I don't think I've ever seen a town that likes its silly string so much. For me, if you go to Marseille, yeah. I would recommend, I'll, I'll give you the, you know, the little things that you can do. Mm. You can go along Rue de Rome. Um, it's a street, um, just if you continue um, through Canabier, you can go to the street for all your shopping. Yeah. It's a big shopping, you know, place and all that. And uh, for the food and all the drinks or things to do, you can try the bouillabaisse, which is a fish soup, uh -huh. which is the, um, the specialty of Marseille. Yeah. You can try the pastis, which is a, which you're drinking now. It's an anise, uh, anise flavored, um, liquor with uh, licorice and uh, water and all that. Is that just one kind of pastis? I mean, is it it's just one That's kind? That's kind, but the, the most famous is uh, Ricard. Actually, the, most of the Marseille people value the Ricard more than the rest and mm. consider it as the only real pastis. Yeah, because you see the, you see the factory just right. when you enter If there is Marseille. a factory down there, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but there's a boat over there that we saw a while ago. It's called Le Marseillaise. Oh, there's a nice boat to see there. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. So we've never tried it because <laughs> we're cheap. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, if you, it could be interesting to check well, out. It's, well. it's supposed to be typical. There yeah. you can try the, the different recipes. Most traditional one in Marseille being la bouillabaisse. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of a fish soup oui. with a, you, you, there are prawns, there are fishes from here, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a bit, it's a bit spicy. The other traditional thing that you can try here are the ratatouille. The ratatouille. Uh, it's more Provençal. It's not only in Marseille. Ratatouille. It's a, it's a mix of legumes, of vegetables. Um, you have also the rouille, which is typically from Marseille. Uh, rouille means in French uh, rust. So it's a, it's a kind of paste, uh, spicy paste that you put with a fish. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of mustard, it's a condiment. Um, uh, the, also with that you can try the aioli, it's like a mayonnaise, but it's uh, perfumed with garlic. It's very strong with garlic. 
If you've got a couple of hours to spare, I strongly recommend a wander around the Panier district. If you're standing at the bottom of the viewport, looking out to sea, or where the sea would be if there weren't so many boats in the way, you turn right and head up the Quai de Port towards the Fort Saint-Jean, the 15th century fort at the top. When you reach the Hotel de Ville, that 18th century town hall in between the, the brutal-looking flats, turn in, cross that plaza and head up towards the big palatial-looking building on the hill. Along the street, in front of that big palatial building, you'll soon see sets of stairs. Take any of these sets at random and, and you'll find yourself led into a, a messy maze of, of narrow streets. Apparently, there's a red line painted on the floor by the tourist board to guide you around, but I think it's much more fun to lose yourself among the shuttered houses and you know, try and find your own way out. It's a beautiful area, and it immediately catches you up with a sense of Mediterranean life. Huge, tall buildings, painted bright colours, yellows and oranges and russets, and contrasting shutters and lines of laundry draped between the windows everywhere. Occasionally you might hear raised voices or, or the pulse of an exotic tune escaping from the wooden slats, but, but generally it's, it's not hard to suddenly find yourself alone in a hushed street or in a square with a space for Patonk that, that could be in any hillside village. It, it feels a long way from the viewport and, and a long way from the modern commercial shipyards, but in fact it's, it's only a matter of metres. Again, most of those metres, I should mention, are up rather than sideways, but that's another good thing about exploring the pannier. As well as being very pretty, it's also another one of those pretty good workouts. In the heart of the district, you'll find some gorgeous little galleries and, and shops of local artists and craftspeople. There's one at uh, 72% Patonk. It's at uh, the corner of Rue du Petit Puy and uh, Rue de Vieltour. And it's a fabulous little find. Soap is one of the traditional crafts of Marseille, and this particular little place have, have developed a wonderful spin on it. Easily packable soaps with funky scents and witty shapes, alongside metal plaques of, of classic adverts. Fantastic. There is something else I feel I should warn you about. And while it's a bit of a delicate subject, I feel that a section on the Pannier District is one of the most... Um, apt places to mention it. Make sure you look up as you walk around that the architecture is, is very beautiful. But but make sure you look down too. The relationship between the residents of Marseille and the Pooper Scooper is a remote and somewhat disinterested one, shall we say, and I, I think we'll leave it at that. Another great walk is along the coast. Walk up the other side of the Vieuxport, past the Fort Saint-Nicolas, until you reach the Rue de Catalan. The Plage de Catalan that you'll find there is a, it's a tiny little sandy beach, but it's really popular with locals and particularly local volleyball teams. Further on, you'll go past a huge picture of Zinedine Zidane, Marseille's favourite son. Then just follow the Corniche President Kennedy along the seafront. If you get hungry, there are plenty of little pizzerias to pop into for lunch, but... Otherwise, it's a really interesting picture, of a microcosm of, of Marseille itself. There are huge villas on one side, but on the other side, it, little harbours that still look like tiny fishing villages all on their own. At the end of the day, Marseille is not a beautiful city, but no one's saying it is. 
It's a working port and, and a busy one at that. People from Marseille, they're, they're proud of its history, they're proud of their way of life, they're, they're extremely proud of their football team, they're proud of Marseille. But I keep finding over and over again that every time I tell people that I'm recording a guide to Marseille for people who might want to visit, they say, pourquoi? And I have to admit that when I first arrived, I wondered that too. But, but it's grown on me really quickly that the city buzzes around you, whether it's in the, the bartering of the fish market or the um, impromptu football matches on the man-made beaches of the Prado or, or the mad bloke shouting on a bench or, or the view of it all happening at your feet from the Notre-Dame de la Garde. You know, after I walked past my second public protest in a matter of hours at the viewport, I suddenly realised I liked Marseille. Because there isn't this untouched, perfect and quaint scenic area reserved specially for the tourists. Life flows through the whole city. And the whole city is, is full of life. With special thanks to the Marseille Tourist Office and the Hotel Hermes. And to EasyJet to fly to Marseille from London Gatwick, Bristol and Liverpool. Guardian Unlimited 